Welcome to all you wizards, witches, muggles and squibs out there and welcome to another edition of Potter Jewels, a Harry Potter podcast debating theories and ideas while trying to provide some much needed light in the darkness. I'm your host Tim and alongside me as always is my brother Martin. Hey! You can get in contact with the show in a number of ways. You can contact us on Twitter at PotterJewels, that's P-O-T-T-E-R-D-U-E-L-S or one word and you can vote on the polls uh, that we put up after each episode um you can contact us via email at potterjules at hotmail.com uh, or you can contact us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash potterjules uh, before we get started with uh, today's debate we've got some results of uh, previous polls according to the harry potter fan base with 66 percent of the votes lily potter would be more likely to forgive petunia than snape wow Another 10 points to me. Wow. That is a surprising one. Yeah, I I was a little bit surprised. And what surprised me, you know, arguably even more, was the the variety of of the comments that we got in from it. Like, it ranged from, why is this even a debate? It's obviously, she'd obviously be more likely to forgive Snape, to why is this even a debate? She'll obviously be more likely to forgive Petunia. Well, that's good. I mean, that shows the strength of opinion on this, and mm. it is quite uh, seems to be quite a. Um, and you know, some of the debates, I think people can see it from from both sides. And on that one, it seems to be um, slightly more polarizing, which was interesting. Mm. And you know, a lot said. You know, there, there was also people commenting saying uh, both, both, and neither. Yeah, as I well. Mean, Personally, I think neither, but I think I still think more likely for Snape. But you know, the people have spoken on that one. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll read you a couple of a uh, couple of the comments that, that are, you know that particularly stood out to me, both from Reddit. Uh, one was from a user called Two B S H Six who said, I would say Snape. I imagine that Lily expected more out of her sister and that the way her si- sister treated her son was simply unforgivable. Think about how Harry was treated. He had a cupboard under the stairs of the bedroom. Meanwhile, Dudley had his own bedroom and a second one to hold his toys. He wasn't included in any of the fun things they did as a family. And when they were forced to bring Harry to the zoo, he only got an ice pop because a lady selling ice cream asked what he wanted before they could leave. These, of course, are only a few incidents from years of Harry being treated as less than. Lily gave her life for Harry because she loved him so much, but unfortunately, Harry grew up in a household where he wasn't loved at all. Snape, on the other hand, I'm not a fan of him, but what he did was not nearly as bad. So that yeah, definitely, really. that, that's sort of very similar to what I would say, you know, your... Yeah, yeah, excellent comment and, you know, sort of fairly similar to what I was trying to articulate last time um i think you know particularly the fact that um petunia was lily's sister um she should have taken far greater care of him and like you said um like the comment said ensure that he he did grow up in a household where he he was loved and then you have the other side that said um someone called j free leaf f1 so that's jellyfish, but with three and a one. Said neither, but Petunia, I guess. Snape was a deaf eater and the reason Harry was targeted. That feels too emotionally insurmountable. If Snape, if Snape was a deaf eater, but not the reason Harry was targeted, and he stopped being a deaf eater, then I think it would be easily Snape. Yeah, interesting argument. And, you know, the comments that we've been receiving are, are really well reasoned. And you mm. know, even if they are, you know, like in this case, for opposite points of view, you know, they're backed up with with evidence and, you know, people making a strong case for them, which is really good. Ten additional points to me and and also uh, news from the Daily Prophet today. A couple of bits of uh, news. Obviously, JK is, uh, you know, obviously released her book, The Ichabog, last week, as well as also the latest two chapters of the Philosopher's Stone readings on Harry Potter at Home. Um, Philosopher's Stone read to you by Familiar Voices have been released over the last couple of days starting with Chapter 9 um, The Midnight Jewel which was narrated by Alison Sudel and Dan Fogler i.e. Queenie and Jacob from Fantastic Beasts and then Chapter 10 Halloween narrated by Whoopi Goldberg was released on Thursday 
So two more chapters uh, read by some some great names and uh, got to make sure we check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, loving it. Okay, um, today is part two of uh, an ongoing series that I like to call Blank Blank in the Book Title, where we discuss which other characters' perspectives we would like the books to be told from. Uh, so last week uh, we did... Uh, I argued for Professor Quirrell and the Philosopher's Stone, and you argued for Hermione Granger and the Philosopher's Stone. Due to the you know restrictions we're putting on it, you can't use Hermione Granger again for a future book, and regrettably, I can't use Professor Quirrell. Yeah, I think you've got the the better end of the deal on that <laughs> one. But it means we're going to talk about seven different characters, yeah, rather than the uh, the same ones on the more than one book. Uh, and then after we discuss Blank Blank and the Deathly Hallows, we will do a, okay, taking all seven books into consideration, which character would you want to follow uh, for the same seven-year period? Yeah. Uh, and obviously, as always, we will be discussing the seven books. And, uh, we'll also touch on the films and uh, and talking about The Cursed Child as well. So spoilers ahead if you're not up to date on your Harry Potter. So yeah, that is uh, that is what we will be tackling. We will be tackling blank, blank in the Chamber of Secrets. So, yeah, it. I think this one is more of a clear choice uh, between two characters, whereas the Philosopher's Stone, I could have easily, you know, we could have easily done uh, McGonagall or Malfoy or Neville. Whereas I think with this one, it's a little bit more clear cut between two choices, wouldn't you say? I'd say so. We we kind of both came up with the same two, but I think mm. we each favour kind of one of them slightly more than the other. Yeah. Um. I mean, there, I mean, there are there are other characters. I mean, like um, Ron played a big part in this book. Um, Hermione. Uh, I know, obviously, you've already used Hermione. Uh, but uh, Hermione, okay, was petrified for half of the year and was a cat for the, the other half of the year, <laughs> but. You know, she from a from an intelligence standpoint, she she was outstanding in this book, putting you know first brewing the polyjuice potion and then putting together um, the joining the dots in terms of you know working out the mystery of the chamber of secrets. Um, so it's not like there's no one else we could talk about, but I you know I agree. I think we the the same two names came to our minds. It did, yeah. So you, I believe you're going to be talking about... I'm going to be tackling Ginny Weasley and the Chamber of Secrets. Good one. Uh, because I think this is the the book that really shapes the character of Ginny for the rest of the series. Um, it's her first year at Hogwarts and the, the nerves and expectations and pressure that go along with it. But her first year is completely dominated by a force she doesn't really understand and does and doesn't realize you know what's what's going on um and it'd be interesting to see how that grew and how you would write it from that perspective because bearing in mind uh Ginny couldn't remember large parts of what happened that year so it'd be interesting to see how you would write that whether you would write it you know, as as sort of dreams, or whether you would write it as, or however else you could you could write that. I think that would be really interesting to to read, as well as seeing Tom Riddle at his most convincing. Because you know, obviously, we're looking at we're talking about you know Voldemort before he became Voldemort. You know, where he was this charming student that could worm information out of people. Uh, so I think it'd be very interesting to see the sort of pre-Voldemort uh, stage, like like we saw uh, in Dumbledore's Pensieve, that sort of era of of the character. And it would also be really cool to see how she, as the story progresses, deals with the petrification of you know people like Hermione and you know friends of hers, uh, Colin Creevy being another one. Uh, and ultimately how she is taken into the Chamber of Secrets and the horrors that that entailed. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I'm picking Ginny Weasley and the Chamber of Secrets. 
I think it'd be a really, really interesting story. And one of the things that we sort of briefly touched on last week um, with with other characters was how Hogwarts can be quite lonely. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about it with Hermione, actually, when she first came to, to Hogwarts in my um, Hermione Granger and the Philosopher's Stone. Mm. Um, but I think the same is, is true of Ginny. You know, it's her first year and she's got older brothers who've kind of been there and done that and it's it's difficult for her she doesn't seem to have that many friends um and it, it Hogwarts seems quite a lonely place for her so it's you know perhaps understandable that she found solace in, in you know someone who pretended to understand um how she was how she was feeling um you know and you know we can see how manipulative uh, Voldemort is in that kind of situation so mm. you know it Hogwarts isn't necessarily the easiest place if you don't quite fit in yeah and you find out from the cursed child quite how lonely she felt yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah one particular uh moment in the cursed child is when she's reflecting on after the the sort of a, the immediate aftermath of riddle's diary where she felt even more alone and then it wasn't until like harry you know played a game of exploding snap with her that she realized that things were going to be okay but i mean the immediate aftermath of feeling that you had been responsible for the petrification of of fellow students and a ghost um and a cat and the and the horrors that that would uh, that would bring in the, the the sort of regret of of how she got manipulated. Yeah, but also also the fact that you know, obviously she nearly died from the incident as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm sure that the you know I'm sure she felt a huge amount of regret and embarrassment at the whole incident. So um, you know it it must have been a a really difficult difficult year for her. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. And I think, you know, it would also be very interesting to see when Tom Riddle started writing back to her in the, in the diary. Because if you recall, the Weasleys had to go back to the burrow uh, on the way to the King's Cross station because Ginny, uh, Ginny had uh, left her diary. So had Tom Riddle already started his manipulation at the burrow or was it when she when she went to Hogwarts, yeah, definitely. I think one of the you know one of the interesting parts as well is when she obviously panics and and tries to get rid of the diary. There's obviously some kind of realization of what's happening, and you know she she panics and tries to get rid of it. And I mean, I think that's a really important to her character that you know, even at that young age, against up against such a, a powerful dark wizard, um, it, you know she tries to at some point do the right thing before eventually obviously um you know it, it's just too overwhelming and also the the level of you know fear she had when uh she saw harry with the diary yeah absolutely and that's obviously a, a huge concern for her because she does know that you know this isn't right and you know you look at when arthur tells her what have i told you before you know, don't trust an object that you can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. You know, mm. she's she been brought up in theory knowing, you know, these things. And she probably feels quite a little bit foolish um, that, that all of this has happened. You know, Mr. Weasley certainly uh, is keen to, to implore that she should have heeded his, his advice. Yeah, yeah. And I think but it must have been an incredibly lonely year for her as well. You know, she must have known that this was happening. At some point, at least, she would have known that she was probably unable to, to stop what was happening. Mm. Yeah, and that must have been an incredibly scary thing in your, your first year at Hogwarts. Your parents aren't around. You know, she makes an attempt to tell Harry and Ron in the Great Hall. Um, before obviously Percy, you know, interrupts and ruins everything. Um, 
So th- there are occasions where, absolutely, there are occasions where she really does try to do the right thing, um, mm. and it just doesn't, just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. And you know, I think the word that would, you know, sort of strike springs to my mind when you think about Ginny in that book is struggle. Yes, it, it feels like a struggle for the entire year. It really does, and you can see how much it takes out of her as well. You know, she mm. she looks quite ill through the year. Um, yeah, you know, it must have you know had a huge impact on her physical and mental health. Yeah, and then the actual experience of uh, going, uh, you know, opening the Chamber of Secrets and and going in uh, down there to 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 wait uh, and to basically die. That would have been a uh, you know that that whole. Uh, period of time would be very interesting to to hear from what she was aware of yes yeah i mean we know that she she puts up a struggle um mm. but what does she remember of the the actual chamber of secrets itself and the other thing and this is you know quite a you know a minor a minor point but i you know i would imagine she would have been desperately worried about harry and ron when they miss the train. Yeah. Because on your first day uh, at Hogwarts, you kind of want to be with people that you're familiar with. Absolutely. And for them not to be on the train, you must have been worried about them, but also, as you say, feel felt alone. And then you look at the, the fact that Harry and Ron aren't there to see her being sorted as well. Yeah. She she must have felt a little bit abandoned, but also you know worried about what would uh, what would ultimately happen to to Harry and Ron. I think she's very isolated that year, and I think mm. that's why it would be an interesting to see it from from her perspective. And you know, I I would like to think also that after the af, after she leaves the chamber and you know Tom Riddle's gone that the time between the feast and everyone going home for the holidays that normally like takes a page and a half really uh from from our perspective certainly in those earlier books that no we when following harry's story it would be quite interesting to see it from Ginny's perspective because i imagine it'd be a lot longer because she has uh, a lot to deal with and i would hope that it would be then that uh, she met, meets Luna Lovegood. Yes, and, yeah. And maybe, you know, discovers a bit of, uh, you know, because, you know, I would imagine that that year as well as others, you would, um, Luna would be a, a, another outcast and, you know, another quite quite a, a lonely outcast. So, you know, with Ginny being, uh, feeling that level of loneliness and uh, during, during that time at the end of the Chamber of Secrets, it would be quite good if uh, if they became friends because of that. Yeah, you know, we see in the later books when Ginny does get her own kind of group of friends, she becomes so much more confident and you know mm. happy at Hogwarts as well. Um, you know, she you know she had to really find her feet at Hogwarts. To some characters, it, it come, seems to come easily or naturally, and because of what she experienced in that first year, it, it did seem to, to take her a long time to to find happiness there. Mm. And, I mean, I'll be honest, the more we see from Luna Lovegood, the better, because Luna's brilliant. Oh, amazing. Uh, but it would, it would be good to see Luna be sorted as well, and Luna have, you know, those initial... Uh, you know, a few weeks. So I would imagine, you know, the way I always pictured it would be that Ginny, while being, while feeling alone and, you know, a bit isolated, for the first few weeks it was, would have been reasonably normal uh, until it, you get into the run up to Halloween and, uh, and Mrs. Norris's petrification and then it sort of all goes to hell after that. Um, so, you know, to, to maybe, have her begin to find her feet in the initial few weeks and then for all that to be uprooted and then trying to get back to that after the chamber is closed. And again, I would imagine that uh, people like Luna, people like Colin Creevy uh, would have probably uh, featured 
uh, a lot in 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 the first couple of chapters at Hogwarts and the after the chamber is closed. Yes, definitely. I mean, and we don't have too much information about the other students in uh, in Ginny's year, so mm. it would have been interesting to have seen who she kind of shared the classes with and what uh, what friendships she did have. You know, because it does seem from the um, the knowledge that we do have in the books that she didn't really have anyone that she could turn to other than other than her diary. Mm. And I think after after the incident with the the diary, I would imagine that she would. Uh, I I think that she would have been finding friends would have been easier after that. You know, what once 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 the influence of Tom Riddle was gone, and she she you know actually has to find friends uh, for herself. I think it would have been quite easy to 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 reach out to a Luna Lovegood or a Colin Creevy and start forming that friendship group. It's, it's an interesting point, but I'm not entirely sure because you see some of the some of the experiences that Harry has when people believe him to be the heir of Slytherin. You know, people staying away from him and, you know, he, he does have a really kind of tough time of it. Um, and for, for Ginny to have, you know, actually been the one to have been open in the Chamber of Secrets, I think she would have found it tough afterwards as well. I mean, in some cases, you know, with, with Luna and, you know, really sort of good characters like this, I'm sure they would have been sympathetic and everything. Mm. But I do still think that Hogwarts would have been, you know, potentially a very, very lonely place for her. And in some ways it could have been even more difficult, at least for, you know, a certain period of time after. Yeah, and I think, well... Uh, uh, I, I mean, I sort of agree with you, but I also think that uh, you know there would be certain people like Luna, like Colin Creevy, that are kind of used to being the sort of outcasts. Yeah, um, I'm sure they would have understood. Mm. You know, I think we see in the um, the cursed child. She mentions that after she opens the chamber of secrets, no one really sort of went that near her until Harry offered mm. her a game of exploding snap and. You know, I, I think the consequences of that year would have gone on long beyond the the book itself. I think mm. it would have been something that was incredibly difficult for her to deal with personally, but also, you know, to, to find those friends and uh, forge those relationships afterwards. Yeah, it would also be interesting to see her um, interactions with the other Weasleys as well after that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we can obviously see um, Mr. Weasley initially, but you know, probably because he was so scared um, mm. of what had happened. Um, you know, he was initially sort of quite angry um, that she hadn't sort of listened to his his advice that he'd been given her since she was young. But I think that was just a that was just a reaction to. Yeah, and it's completely understandable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he was just, he was so worried and, and scared of what had happened that, you know, and the relief that, you know, she was okay. It was just uh, you know, a whole range of emotions. Mm. Yeah, I, 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 I think I've, I completely agree. I, I just feel like the, the whole year would have been a very interesting window into the character and as i say how it ultimately shaped her for the, for the to, into the character that we we know in later books yeah definitely and I, you know i think as well that you know she's very quick to sort of sign up to dumbledore's army and is absolutely unwavering in her support of harry and then the, the fight against voldemort and I, you know i think a huge amount will have come from from that experience mm. and knowing what it was like. And, you know, again, Cursed Child, you can tell how much that those, that experience stayed with her for, for the rest of her life. You know, she said, you know, I, when, when they transformed Harry into, you know, they were going to transform uh, Harry into, into Voldemort. She said, "You know, I don't want that voice in my head again. I know what that voice sounds like. I don't want. I don't want. You know, anything to do with that." Yeah. So I think I, I think those experiences really did 
completely changed her and stayed with her for the for the rest of her life, really. Yeah, absolutely, as, as you would expect, really. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And in my in my head uh, again, uh, hashtag headcanon. I believe that you know one way that she kind of gains that little bit of uh, respect again, you know, because uh, you know, uh, as she said, people avoided her. I, I would imagine like the turning point, as well as Harry playing Game of Exploding Snap, was in my head. I imagine Zachariah Smith being Zachariah Smith and being a, an obnoxious jerk. Uh, and that's the first time she used the bat bogey hex on, on anyone. And because Zachariah Smith is a complete wart, you know, she she gains a bit more uh, popularity after that. Well, I think everyone would have been absolutely delighted to have seen him on the receiving end of that. So, if, you know, if that was the case, then I'm sure her popularity would have uh, would have grown immensely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's certainly a nice thought to have. Mm. I mean, as much as the actual bulk of the story would be fascinating to see from Ginny's point of view, I'm also almost as interested in the run-up to it and the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, you know, I think that's something that we don't we don't really see. I mean, we hear a little bit about it in The Cursed Child, but actually, you know, that... Mm. Bit, the impact that it must have had on her, especially at such a young age, mm. must have been huge. And to have to deal with all that and to, to not necessarily have anyone to confide in as well. You know, yeah. It just shows how strong she is at the end, you know, to have overcome all of those things. Yeah, absolutely. And also the, the other thing is, is that you don't really, you don't really see Ginny much at all in the Prisoner of Azkaban. No. So it is kind of like the last opportunity for, you know, really until like halfway through the Goblet of Fire when she starts making a bit more of an appearance, but not really until even the Order of the Phoenix that you really, you know, see her come into her own. Yeah, absolutely. And she's very much her own character at that point, you know, strong and independent and is, you know, kind of broken out of the... um of being like another Weasley mm. at that point. You know, she's, um, she's a fantastic character. And I think as well when, when Fred and George leave that you know, potentially there's a you know a, a bit more room for her to, to grow as a character because it can't have been... Uh, I mean, it must have been huge fun having them as older brothers, but you know, it can't have been easy at times. No, and so, and also same with same with Ron. I mean, Hermione makes the point before the uh, last game of the Quidditch Cup that year that maybe Ron will do better now without Fred and George because you know he didn't really encourage them uh, quite as much. Yeah, well, you know we can certainly see that by the Order of the Phoenix, you know Ginny is a force to be reckoned with. Mm. And you know, she continues that into the into the later books as well, of course. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you, you, and yeah, during like the Prison of Azkaban, you don't see Ginny at all, really. Um, you, you, I think she gets three name checks after the train to Hogwarts, um, and only eighteen name checks in total. So. It's really not until the Order of the Phoenix where you actually she becomes a real character at school. Again, even in the Goblet of Fire, after you know the summer at the summer at the Weasleys, she gets name checked five times, and three of them is in relation to the Yule Ball. So you really don't know much about what what she does at you know how she you know what she does at Hogwarts or how how she is a, how she's recovered from that experience until the Order of the Phoenix when she. You know, moves a bit closer to centre stage. Yeah, you don't really have much of an aftermath of what had happened to her. So you know, to get that aftermath at the end of the Chamber of Secrets, and for her to try and uh, recover somewhat, it would be very interesting to to see that. Yeah. Well, the other point I want to make is if in the um, Half Blood Prince, where she overhears that Harry's been. Um, taking instructions from a book mm. yeah, we can see that she's 
you know, she's quite horrified by this. And mm. I think it's, you know, it's really interesting that, you know, obviously all those years later, it's, it's kind of, you know, brings back those, those memories for her, mm. you know, and she's, you know, protective of Harry and wants to make sure that he's not doing anything that could, could put him in harm's way. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You know, you really don't see, uh, you know, you, you see the the horror uh, and and concern. And the same in, um, in Order of the Phoenix at Christmas when Harry thinks that Voldemort's possessing him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's clear that she never, ever, ever forgets that experience and it's always on her mind. Yes, yeah, but the fact that she is able to grow as as such a strong character shows that she's she's overcome it rather than forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, argument for Ginny. I know you're quite keen to argue for. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, I'm gonna pick Hagrid for this one. Oh, Ruby is Hagrid in the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, I think it would be. Uh, I think it would be a great read. He experiences a lot in this book. Um, Mainly around two aspects. Firstly, the Chamber of Secrets, and then also um, wrongfully imprisoned in Azkaban. So, as we learn more about the Chamber of Secrets, obviously the the trio work out that it was Hagrid who was believed to have opened the the chamber all those years ago. Obviously, we later learn that that he was framed for this. Um, you know, but we we start to to understand a little bit more about Hagrid, obviously in the first one, uh, we learned that he's not allowed to use magic when he first meets Harry. And this one, we sort of understand why, mm. you know, why, why he was expelled from Hogwarts and, you know, how Dumbledore vouched for him at this time and how it was, you know, he was actually keeping Aragog within the castle. And obviously that's, you know, that's pretty dangerous in itself, but, yeah. you know, he was wrongly, wrongly framed and expelled which if we're talking about the impact that it must have had on a character you know that you know that's a pretty big impact to uh, you know that age you'd be expelled yeah i mean i would particularly enjoy enjoy reading this book because you know me i do love me a flashback um as i would imagine you'll see you would have Hagrid maybe maybe not so much have flashbacks but sort of re- you know remember some of what happened to him and, and you know remember the maybe the immediate aftermath of Tom Riddle turning him in uh, and seeing Dumbledore vouch for him uh, and you know the the actual scene where Dippet expels him and they snap his wand and all that sort of stuff well the thing is you know we've just been talking about the lasting impact for Ginny of opening mm. the Chamber of Secrets. Hagrid's still dealing with that 50 years later, not just because of the consequences of being expelled, but obviously when it was opened again, mm. you know, that he got taken straight into Azkaban because of it. So in terms of actually dealing with the, you know, the consequences of it, they're still ongoing all that time later. And we know that Ginny visits Hagrid in the Chamber of Secrets early on. Uh, because Hagrid mentioned it, but I would imagine that you know during the Prison of Azkaban and uh, and Goblet of Fire, where maybe we don't see Ginny quite as much. That I would imagine that she and Hagrid, you know, she would have visited Hagrid, and that they could maybe have. That Hagrid is probably one of the only people that would have truly be able to understand what Ginny went through. Yes, yes, absolutely. Both of them were used by by Tom Riddle. Yes. Yeah, they were. You know, we can see it is a difficult, it's a really difficult time for Hagrid as well. You know, it must have brought mm. back such such awful memories and as well as the worry about whether people would think it was him again. You know, I, I think it would have been... Um, I mean, the crossbow when um, on the night that Harry and Ron visit him. Yeah. You yeah know, it shows you how, how he's convinced that people are going to connect him to it, which they do. Yeah, and you know, this is Hagrid who we we sort of you know feel that isn't scared of anything. You know, he'll happily walk into the um, you know Forbidden Forest, and you know he's in, he's an incredibly brave character. But we can see the fear not just throughout the story, but in particular on that night um, 
where he does get taken to Azkaban and we do see the true horror when that's when he realizes that that's what's going to happen yeah uh, you know like you say it's rare that we see Hagrid fearful very rare you know so it would it, be very interesting absolutely but if ever there was an occasion to uh, to be fearful obviously mm. it would, uh, absolutely be being taken off to to Azkaban um, and of course, you know, at that time, you know, not only has he got the horror of going to Azkaban, but of course, he's got no idea that Harry, yeah. Ron, and Hermione will clear his name. You know, as far as he's concerned, at that time, it's potentially an indefinite period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fudge when he arrests uh, Hagrid, which incidentally is a typical Fudge move. Yes. I've got to be seen to be doing something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it you doesn't know, he's matter far more, if it's right or wrong. He's far more concentrating on, you know, having his job rather than doing it. Yeah, well, he is. And, you know, the ironic thing is, in that book, he was just saying that he's got to be seen to be doing something, and then he spends the Order of the Phoenix not doing anything to, uh, to recognise that Voldemort had returned. I mean, I mean, Fudge is one of the most frustrating characters. He is, and you know, in that moment, because you know, Hagrid is such a loved character, you know, we we see, we do see Fudge for for what he is, really. Mm. And then, because in like the next couple of books, you you do, you know, you kind of grow fond a bit of Fudge, you know, in the in Prison of Azkaban because. Yeah, you know, like Prisoner of Azkaban, you can tell that he is actually, you know, that there are parts of him that is acting genuinely out of Harry's best interest, and you see that sort of personal connection he makes with Harry in that and the Goblet of Fire. But, but then, at the end of the Goblet of Fire, and then throughout the Order of the Phoenix, it brings back memories of, you know, how he mistreated Hagrid, and it, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely, and you know. We later learn what Hagrid was experiencing in mm. Azkaban as well. Obviously, you know, he goes through some of the um, the memories that he had to endure during that time. And it's just absolutely horrific for him. And, you know, if this was the book that was written from Hagrid's perspective, we would obviously learn a lot more about what Azkaban was like. Which I think would be would be fascinating in itself, as well as learning more about about those memories that he experienced. I mean, the one thing I would be also very interested to know about Hagrid is: Do you think that Hagrid knew that Voldemort used to be Tom Riddle? Because Dumbledore says that very few people know that Voldemort was ever this talented, charming student called Tom Riddle, do you think Hagrid was one of the few that knew? And if he did know, then surely he would have been more comfortable saying Voldemort by name? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I'm not sure. I think there are some characters who who would probably never feel comfortable saying his name. You know, and, and that's, you know, that, that's up to them. But uh, then surely you would say, you know, you would call him by his original name of Riddle. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. Did he ever know that Voldemort was actually once Tom Riddle, the same person that got him expelled well, from Hogwarts? I, you know, Dumbledore doesn't you know say that very few people know. So you know, potentially he doesn't. But then again, you know, I don't think that would have much to do with him being fearful of the name. You know, I think he would still not want to say it, regardless. Mm. I think as well, we we. You know, we do see, um, obviously, Hagrid's you know incredibly, incredibly grateful to to the trio for um, for clearing his name and, and getting mm. him out of that that awful place. You know, and that is the, I know they, they you know they obviously meet in the Philosopher's Stone, and he, he, he does play a you know, significant role in the story, of course. But I think that's what that bond is, you know, really strengthened through um, through what they what they did for him mm. you know it's, it's a big moment um you know particularly when you know he mentions that Dumbledore was really the only one to you know kind of take a chance on him at the time 
you know, to, to know that there are, you know, three more people who are, are willing to, you know, Ron's willing to face his fear of spiders to try and uh, mm. fear his name. Yeah, I think that's probably yeah. a big moment for him. Yeah, the, the people that would go to bat for him in that way. Yeah. I've, I've always, again, I've always sort of wondered this, that when Hagrid was cleared uh, for, for forever opening the Chamber of Secrets, again, this is just my what I believe to have happened. I believe Dumbledore offered Hagrid a choice of being care of magical creatures teacher or return to Hogwarts as a student. When? The end of the Chamber of Secrets slash beginning of Prison of Azkaban. Go back as a student? Hmm. Really? You know, I always imagined that Hagrid would have been given the opportunity to, to return as a student and that he chose to teach care of magical creatures instead okay. that the that the end of the chamber of secrets you know when he gets back from azkaban again it's the, the aftermath that i'd be very very interested in you know dumbledore offering him the job of care of magical creatures teacher uh as i say i i personally think he would have been offered a choice of coming back as a teacher or coming back as a student if he if he wanted to um and he chose to to teach what would have been his favourite subject? Personally, I'm, I'm not sure whether he'll have, you know, had that had that option necessarily. But you know, it's an interesting, interesting thought. I just, I just always like to think of him, you know, being given that opportunity to to return to complete his education that was, you know, cruelly denied from him. Yeah, certainly a nice, nice thought. It'd be interesting to see sort of the vindication and the the, the feeling that. A, a great wrong had been righted, and the, the the idea that in the eyes of the world he would uh, he he was an innocent man. Certainly, he needs more than a huge apology from uh, from Fudge as well. Hmm. I always wondered what the reaction would have been from the wizarding community that Hagrid stayed on as gamekeeper, because if you were the uh, parents of Moaning Myrtle, the fact that the person that was in the eyes of the wizarding world responsible for your daughter's death was then given a job at the school. I, I doubt that would have been a, a particularly popular move. Yeah, but I think that just shows, you know, Dumbledore is willing to take a, take a stand and, you know, vouch for, vouch for people. You know, that's, mm. that's in his nature and, uh, you know, I'm sure even if it wasn't a, a universally popular decision, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's Dumbledore, that's what he does. Mm. But as I say, I think it would have been not just an, an unpopular decision, but uh, potentially an insensitive one. You know, because to the eyes of everyone else, he was guilty of of the, the, the murder of, of Myrtle. Yeah, but, uh, you, you know, I think in terms of you know, characters having to, to deal with things that's that's something that will have you know haunted Hagrid the, the idea that people may think that you know despite mm. his despite his innocence I've always kind of pondered whether Hagrid ever spoke to Myrtle's parents about it and tried to say yeah, it wasn't me or, or, or did or did he just avoid that situation I think it depends on, you know, we don't know really anything about Myrtle's parents. You know, there's a, obviously there's a huge amount of prejudice against the Giants as it is. So mm. I think to some extent it does depend on, you know, on, on what people's perceptions might have been. And, you know, of course, anyone who knows Hagrid would absolutely know of his innocence. But, you know, as you mentioned, you know, perhaps people's prejudices... You know, that may have, it may not have been a popular decision for, for Dumbledore to, to keep him on. Yeah, for it to, to, as I say, maybe be seen as a bit insensitive and a bit not really, uh, uh, you know, as I say, insensitive of the fact that people believed him to be a murderer um, or, or at least responsible for another another person's death. And I think that would be... The fact that he would be living in that scenario, where where p- 
people did look to him uh, look to him as uh, being a you know a monster uh given that we know how we know Hagrid's character to be uh must have must have been one of the worst things about it probably even worse than losing his education was the idea that people genuinely saw him to be someone that could be capable of of killing you know or being responsible for killing a, another student okay so if you were to sum up your argument for uh rubius hagrid and the chamber of secrets I'd really like to see Rubius Hagrid and the Chamber of Secrets because it's a fascinating part of the series for Hagrid. You've obviously we discovered the fact that he um, he was wrongly um, expelled and framed for opening the Chamber of Secrets the first time around, and then it also happens again when he's taken off to Azkaban. Um, I think that would be a really interesting part of the story where he's forced to relive all his his worst memories before the the joy of being uh, being saved by the trio. So uh, I'd like to see Rubius Hagrid and the Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Time starts now. I would like to see Ginny Weasley and the Chamber of Secrets because I think she had a very, very lonely, isolated year and you'd be able to see how Tom Riddle exploited that, how he manipulated her, you know, see Tom Riddle at his manipulative best, um, and then see how you would actually write uh, how she, you know, ended up petrifying various characters, and then ultimately the aftermath as well. I think that would be really interesting. So we'll put that up on Twitter. We will see who the people vote for. Yeah. Okay, and we'll uh, just do our quiz on the Chamber of Secrets. Shall I go first? Yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm starting off with two easy ones for you this week. No four answers for this one. It's a straight true or false. Okay. True or false, The Chamber of Secrets is the shortest book in the series. That's true. It's actually false. Ah, Philosopher's Stone. Philosopher's Stone. Because they're both roughly the same look in terms of size, but... Okay, this one has three options. A couple of weeks ago when we discussed the Philosopher's Stone, I asked what Harry was sent by the Dursleys for Christmas. And you correctly identified that it was a 50p piece. Hmm. Which of the following three options that were still within that question was he sent in the second year? Was it a tissue, a toothpick, or one of Uncle Vernon's old socks? It was a toothpick. That's correct. Okay, question three. We find out a bit more about Nearly Headless Nick in this book, but what year did he die? Oh, God. Was it 1292, 1492, 1692, or 1892? I'm giving you 200-year options. Okay, well, I'm going to go 1492 because it was his 500th year death day party. So 500 take away 1992 would be uh, 1492. Great logic and uh, correct answer. Okay, question four. In order to get a book out of the restricted section of the library, Hermione asks Lockhart for a note by saying it would help her studying one of his books. Well, you're going to ask what book it was, aren't you? Which book oh. was it? Was it Holidays with Hags, Gadding with Ghouls, Travels with Trolls, or Break with a Banshee? Tra- it would help her understand what book. Uh, travels with Trolls. That is incorrect. Oh. It was gathering with gold. Oh. Annoying. Two out of four. These are some great questions. At the death day party, we see the headless hunt. But who leads the headless hunt? Is it Sir Arthur, Sir Henry, Sir Patrick, Sir George? Sir Patrick. It is Sir Patrick. Oh. Three out of five. That was, that was some tough questions. Some really tough questions in there. In the Chamber of Secrets, in order to boost morale, 
Lockhart decides to introduce uh, a Valentine's Day-themed event. How many people had sent Lockhart a card for Valentine's Day by the breakfast of February the 14th? Is it 61? Is it 84? Is it 46? Or is it 12? I'm going to say 12 because there's no way you should have more than that. There's no way you should have that, let alone more. Well, the logic was sound, uh, but it was incorrect. It was 46, one of which might have been Hermione. She did not confirm nor deny. Whose address did Harry accidentally blot when responding to Lockhart's fan mail in the Chamber of Secrets? Is it Madiri Patel? Is it Veronica Smevley? Is it Sally Ann Perks? Or is it Gladys Gudgeon? It is Veronica Smedley. That is correct. Nicely done. Question three. We meet moaning Myrtle Warren in the Chamber of Secrets for the first time. What house was she in? Is it Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff or Slytherin? I'm going to say Ravenclaw. Correct. Question four. When Harry was looking for Justin Finch Fletchley, he walked by a classroom. Professor McGonagall was yelling at someone for what reason? Someone turned their friend into a what? Is it skunk, rat, fox, or badger? Badger. That is correct. That is correct. And final question. How many bones does Harry have to regrow whilst in the hospital wing? Is it 34, 33, 36, or 35? Say 33. That is correct. Four out of five. Well, I'm happy with it. Oh, well done. Well done. You had some great questions in there. I'll take that. Um, But yeah, that will conclude this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, So uh, join us again on Monday where we will be discussing... Had Dumbledore destroyed all the Horcruxes by the Order of the Phoenix, when Voldemort possessed Harry, would he have killed Harry in order to kill Voldemort? So that's what we'll be discussing on Monday. Really looking forward to that because I think we'll have a very wildly different view on it. Yeah, it should be a good one, that. But until then, as I say, get in contact with us on at twit on Twitter at Potterjules, email Potterjules at hotmail dot com or Facebook dot com forward slash Potterjules. That's P O W T E R D U E L S, or one word. Uh, but until Monday, uh, I've been Tim. He has been Martin. See you next time. And until then, Knox. Mm-hmm.